Get your gear ready. This is a Sherpa's Guide to Innovation. Greetings and welcome to A Sherpa's Guide to Innovation, a podcast dedicated to guiding you along your innovation expedition. This is Ben Tingey, and I'm your host for today. Our guest Sherpas from Carolina's Healthcare System are Jay Gerhardt, Will Behrman, and Ann Summers Hogg. Jay, Will, and Summers, welcome to today's program. Thanks for having us, Ben. Hey, Ben. Glad to be here. Thanks, Ben. Today's podcast is the first in a series on disruptive innovation theory. Ah, disruption. That's probably a word that you've heard before in a lot of articles and and uh, clickbait titles. Uh, that's been in, in management theory for a while. But what does it really mean? Um, but I want to start off by getting into it by asking this question. Um, have you ever thought about how Airbnb got so big in such a short amount of time. Well, why did that happen? Was it just because they have a really cool app? Uh, Will, tell us about why Airbnb became what it is today. Well, thanks, Ben. A lot of disruption, um, people think, comes from new technology, but it's really about having a new business model. Um, it may be technology-enabled, but it's the different business model that makes it um, troublesome or almost impossible for the incumbents to try to respond directly. And in Airbnb, what happened was they took um, excess capacity that existed in the market in people's homes, and they found a way to mobilize that excess capacity in order to uh, you know, create hotel rooms or you know, lodging for people. And so that's how they, you know, initially started. So their business model was not to go out and to build bricks and mortar and to create, um, you know, the same model that every other company had that was into hotels or, you know, any other type of uh, lodging. But they went ahead and were able to expand because there was so much excess capacity already in the market. And all it had to do was to be redeployed. And that's where technology came in. Technology enabled people to get access to and understand where those new, um, where that capacity was. But um, they didn't. Airbnb didn't have to worry about actually going out and creating that new capacity. So when you know an incumbent company like Hyatt, for instance, wanted to try to compete, they've got to go out and build. You know, they've got to buy land, they've got to get all the permitting, they've got to find somebody to build it, they've got to get the construction materials, they've got to build it. You're talking several years to be able to create a couple hundred more rooms, whereas Airbnb isn't limited by that type of time frame. You know, all they've got to do is find people who go off to college and whose parents want to run out their room occasionally. And so they really were able to change the market because they had a different business model, and that's what made them disruptive. So you're saying, according to the theory, it's not the technology itself that's disruptive. It's that it's the business model uh, is, is the mechanism that, in this case with Airbnb, it wasn't that they had you know, some cool technology that made it easier to list uh, a room. You're saying the business model of utilizing underutilized assets of, you know, homes and and, uh, beds and and people's rooms that no one was sleeping in, uh, that that 
you know, channeling that and, and giving that to the to consumers uh, in in a, in a different way. That was what made it disruptive. Exactly, and it, that's what makes it difficult for the incumbent companies, the Hyatts and the Hiltons of the world, to respond to it, because in their world, they're used to you know refurbishing rooms and creating better marketing campaigns and better loyalty campaigns. That doesn't work when you've got a completely different business model that's providing something you know. Uh, with more flexibility, more options, and a lower cost. And that's what makes it difficult to respond to. Make no mistake about the importance of the technology as an enabler, though, because with the Internet, it enabled Airbnb to scale globally at an incredibly rapid rate. And there's zero marginal cost. They might have to deal with some regulatory issues from market to market, but you know they're not going into Asia and buying land to build hotels. Everything can happen very quickly, and it's the techno- it's the technology that helps them bring that up to scale and make things uh, uh, very difficult for an yeah, economy. That's what allows them to go to market with a different business model. Yes. So it enables and accelerates that business model to be successful is the technology. Yeah, so Jay said that they were able to amass um, their 650,000 rooms actually across almost 200 countries, and they did that in four years, whereas it took Hilton almost 100 years, I think it was 93, to amass 610,000 rooms across 88 countries. So the app, the website, the technology is the enabler to that disruptive business model is really what allowed Airbnb to disrupt the traditional incumbent hotel companies. So, Ann Summers, what made Airbnb different in how it reached consumers? Why did why are people now choosing Airbnb over other types of hotels or lodging types of places? That's a great question. I don't think there's just one answer to it. So one thing I think is key is that a lot of people who now hire Airbnb to help them find a place to sleep on their vacation may not have gone on vacation at all before because Airbnb is delivered through, as Will said, a completely different business model than Hilton's hotels. So if I want to rent out that college student's bedroom in someone's home in Boston, then I can do that for a much lower cost as a consumer than I can for hiring a Westin hotel room in Boston. And you can reach inventory that you never even knew existed before. Exactly. The, the market of available options to me as a consumer is so much broader. And if I were previously very cost conscious and couldn't afford a traditional hotel, I may have foregone the vacation altogether. So I was a non-consumer of vacation. But what Airbnb allows people to do, whether it's through the internet or through their app, is it creates a whole new market that opens up vacation possibilities to those who would have stayed at home or just not consumed anything. I think uh, Airbnb is a really interesting example. If we go back to Clay Christian's theory and do the theory a little bit, where there's low-end disruption and new market disruption, the way Airbnb started was classic low-end disruption. I mean, it's Airbnb because it was three air mattresses in a guy's apartment, and they were bringing people in for a design conference, and there weren't rooms, and it was too expensive. So you got young folks who can't pay a you know peak price for a hotel, so they're going to pay seventy bucks to sleep on an air mattress. That's what we call low end disruption, where you're getting something that's just good enough. I mean, that for me, that is just barely good enough. 
But what Ann Summers also talked about was the new market piece is another what we would call job to be done someone would hire is to stay somewhere. Um, I know Karen Dillon, uh, Harvard Business Review, uh, talked about uh, going back to London, staying with Airbnb. And it wasn't competing with staying at a Marriott or a Weston. She was going to go stay at a friend's house. She wasn't going to consume hotel services at all. But she could stay in a London flat and, you know, make her breakfast and go to her coffee shop. So that's new market disruption. I like it as an example because it brings in both of those theories that Clay has. Right. And the new market disruption is that which gets at non-consumption, right? So there are a lot of people that either because of convenience um, or lack of convenience, I should say, are the expense, just choose not to do anything. They don't go on vacation or they don't consume another market. So the, the, the disruptive innovation comes in two flavors, really. There's the low end, which is addressed by companies who come in with a product or solution that's just good enough. And then the other type is the new market, which can, um, really attracts the non-consumers. So again, you know, disruption is about a new business model that is either just good enough or attracts non-consumers into the market in a way that they haven't been in the past. And one thing, Ben, back to your earlier question of how has Airbnb been able to attract so many people, I think Will and Jay just hit on that. It's that they have employed both types of disruption, both low-end and new market. So in doing that through their new business model, they've been able to capture even more consumers because they are undercutting incumbents and also getting at non-consumption. And I also like the way that they're continuing to evolve their business. So now they're also getting into making recommendations and not being a full-service travel agent, per se, but providing more experiences. You know, they've heard their customers. They've gotten feedback from them that have said, this is great. Help me understand the rest of the experience I can have around this location. And so they're starting to provide, um, you know, based on past preferences, uh, other data and analytics that they collect on their uh, travelers, they're able to provide recommendations on things you may want to do like that in a new area. So if I'm going to San Francisco, for instance, you know, there, here are some things that you've enjoyed in the past. Here are those, the, the right types of uh, um, experiences, the right museums, the right restaurants, based on what you've liked before. And that provides such a personalized experience that uh, they're really going even beyond the low end and the new market and adding that level of service for different jobs that, that people are trying to seek to be done. Yeah. And that's where they come in and do what we call sustaining innovations. And you talked about disruption and another type of innovation is sustaining. So once they came into the market with this totally new business model, essentially at the bottom, they begin sustaining innovations to improve the performance of their products. And now they're actually adding in experiences uh, around there that are really sustaining uh, to that disruptive business model that they formed. So here's a question. A lot of millennials use Airbnb, and millennials really care about experiences. So Airbnb's experiences component could be a sustaining innovation because it's making the service better for their best customers. That's the definition of sustaining innovation. But... Could Airbnb experiences also be a disruption to traditional travel agents? What do you guys think? You know, I'm not sure. Uh, based on how they currently provide that service, that it would necessarily be a disruption. What I like about it, though, that makes it easier to use than a traditional, uh, you know, 
experience is that if I go to somebody at a travel agency uh, store, they've got to ask a lot of questions for me in order to get the type of data and analytics that Airbnb already has based on my previous consumption. So I have to actively go work with someone at a travel agency in order to do what Airbnb is doing almost intuitively, almost whether I want them to or not, um, in the way that they're analyzing my information, my, my past history, my usage. And so, therefore... It could be considered slightly disruptive, but I think it's probably not. I think it's additive, and I agree with Jay. I think it's really one of those sustaining innovations that makes it a better product for me to want to use, but it's not disrupting in any ways that it hasn't already done. It might huh. depend okay. on what interest industry we're talking about. And honestly, it's been so long since I've used a travel agent. I don't know anything. I don't know if there is a travel agent. I assume agent. they still exist. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if there is or not. But what's really intriguing about this experience is and you think about, and this is where uh, dis- disruption theory and jobs to be done theory makes you really think about who the incumbent is. I was reading about the experiences, and you can you know go to London and pay a woman to give you a lesson on making hats, you know, and that takes time. That's something to do. So, are they competing with museums? I mean, if they're creating new and different experiences for people. Uh, I mean, in this country, I read about uh, you can pay someone to help you learn how to make a pinata. So they're they're competing with things that people do with their time. So it's definitely creating new market. It's consuming things that people have maybe never consumed before, but they're potentially competing across numerous ways you might be entertained when you travel. Yeah, and it sounds to me like it's, some of those are even around again exploring that non-consumption, right? So these are activities that people may not have done before when they traveled, probably because they didn't know they existed. And now Airbnb is finding a way to bring them to light and bring them forward as new experiences. So that does seem disruptive, especially around that non-consumption, which really probably makes travel more interesting, Mm -hmm. um, which gets people... wanting to travel more. So it's interesting because I bet while they're also disrupting incumbents, in some ways they're probably helping some incumbents in different areas where travel is now more exciting, more interesting, and a better experience. We hadn't talked about hotels for about five minutes now. What are hotels? (laughs) So what do you, you hit on something a little earlier, well, around the data that they're amassing. So as I think about the different business models between hotels and Airbnb, the asset side of their balance sheet looks completely and totally different. And I'm wondering if I think about all the consumer data I have as Airbnb, how do I quantify the value of that? And with all of that new data, who am I going to disrupt next? Yeah. Well, one thing similar to that that I've heard is that if you look at a company and you don't understand what they're selling, then what they're selling is you. Because there's so many companies now that are gathering data on our habits, on our uses, on our um, actions, that they then try to use to predict what we'll do next, what we'll buy next, so that they can put ads, for instance, or put opportunities in front of us when they think we're going to want them. Uh, a lot of people spend a lot of time understanding and quantifying what they think that's worth. So I'm sure that Airbnb is very much aware of what they can sell that data for and uh, and to whom. And I think what's interesting is that 
I think in the past, you know, if you look at uh, visitors and convention bureaus, they would find a lot of data on general people, you know, large groups of people who were would be interested in, in traveling and what they might want to see and view when they go on a trip. What I think Airbnb does is a couple things. One is they help to make it personal because it's not just about groups of people. It's about me now. It's about what does Will want to do on his trip and how can I sell that because it's more targeted. It's more likely to have um, an inner, uh, a response. But I also think that uh, you know Airbnb has been successful in uh, you know again, providing experiences that are almost more democratizing, that include experiences that you may not find on the first three pages of a, you know, what to do when you arrive in Charlotte brochure. And so I think they've been able to help some of these, uh, you know, smaller companies also really start to survive and thrive and maybe even create an industry where they could be born that didn't exist before and, uh, you know, provide really that local unique experience that may not have had enough people channeling to them before to be worth creating that industry or that experience. So, right, if you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, it's a textile area. So, you know, having the opportunity to learn how to loom may not have been something that you could actually build a business around in the past because you couldn't get enough people to it. Now with some things like Airbnb that are targeting different types of experiences, you've got a better opportunity. You've got a distribution channel for that type of a, uh, an experience. So I really think that they're disrupting in negative and positive ways um, the, the tourism industry. And that's what's exciting because as somebody who likes to travel and likes to understand what's local when I travel and, and do things that are more unique to that space – this gives me a better opportunity for those types of experiences to flourish. So it's, you know, you could say they're disrupting the hotel industry, but, you know, the hotel industry certainly hasn't gone away. It's, right. it's probably impacted their volumes, but I would suspect that, again, it's much broader. It's the travel industry. It's tourism. It's uh, vacation homes. Yes. It's bed and breakfast. Um, yeah. I think, you know, again, the, the hotels provide a sense of security, stability, and the known, right? I've got to travel for work at the end of the week. I need to get someplace that is going to meet my needs without having to research, and I need to do it fairly quickly. So I'm going to go to a hotel. It's a convenient, it's an easy um, solution, and I know what I'm getting. This isn't a time when I need the unknown. <laughs> But on vacation, I take it. I might take a different approach. If I had three weeks to plan this work travel, I might take a different approach. So you're right. The hotels definitely have a job, serve a job to be done, and uh, have a need in the market. But for a certain level of tourists, I'm sure they're being impacted. Well, we've talked about a lot of things. Say we talked about the two types of disruptive innovation. We have low end. And new market. Exactly. And you what I want about sustaining I want to, innovations. Yep. Uh, is there another type of, in, of innovation out there that we need to? Yeah, the other type is efficiency innovation. And so that's really around what, as a industry or a, a product or company gets mature and has been around for a while, um, they really have an opportunity to become more efficient. Um, lean is an example of how that, that is accomplished. And what that does is it helps. Um, increase operating cash flow margin some, and it helps usually using technology or process improvement, makes things um, occur quicker, more efficiently, cheaper cost. 
Terrific. Well, thanks everyone for this conversation. We uh, we talked about Airbnb as an example of disruptive innovation. Uh, we covered uh, a lot of ground here. Thanks everyone for your participation. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having us, Ben. Great. Well, join us on our next episode as we take a deeper dive into uh, disruptive innovation as we look at the healthcare industry. This is Ben Tingey. See you next time. 